Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're going to have on the phone Amanda Head, and she's the national spokesperson for Defend Trump. Well, before we get to Amanda, you know, we're, we're, we're going to talk about a lot because we got to talk about immigration, got to talk about bump stocks, got to talk about concealed care reciprocity. We have to talk about the Hearing Protection Act. We need to go. We need to go on the offensive and not the defensive when it comes to defending the Second Amendment. Because tomorrow, on Monday, June 25th, there's a hearing at the Texas State Capitol, and it is to discuss what are we gonna do when it comes to the Second Amendment here in the state of Texas. Because I cannot say it enough, as goes Texas, will go the rest of the country. And if the state of Texas decides to come up with some type of gun control measure, then the rest of this country, we're going to go backwards. And we're going to be on, we're going to be on the defensive. And we don't need to be on the defensive. We need to be on the offensive. We need to move forward. We need to get some stuff done. And let me go over what the Republican Party of Texas has said in the platform. There's a plank, the plank that says, hey, this is what the Republican Party should focus on on the next legislative session. It's plank 73, red flag. It says that we oppose monitoring programs, including the red flag that would deprive someone of their right to keep and bear arms without being convicted of a crime or found mentally incompetent by medical psychiatric professional or iWatch prof uh, proposal and any program that causes gun owners to be investigated by the law enforcement or appear before a judge when there are no reasonable cause of crime committed. We oppose increased background checks as they are highly prone to false positives and hinder law-abiding citizens. Ability to defend themselves rather than reduce crime. We're talking about red flag laws, people. What are we going to do? Are we going to start these red flag laws here in the state of Texas? Why do we do that? What about the health and safety code? The Title VII, Subtitle C, 
chapter 573, the emergency detention says that, hey, if there's someone with some type of issue, any law enforcement officer without a warrant can take that person and admit them into a facility. So what we're talking about is you have the power in your hands, the mother, the father, the sister, the brother, uncle, auntie, whatever. That family member has that power to report this person and say, hey, this person's having some type, of, some type of trouble. We need to get them some help. We already have laws on the books for this. So why do we need red flag laws? Plank 74 for the Republican Party of Texas says firearm storage. We oppose mandates on personal firearm storage, maintaining that it is the responsibility of an individual to safely store his or her firearms and choose responsibly when and how to make them available to minors. The reason we have 46.13, the purpose of our laws when this came about was so that you as a parent, you have the authority, the power to say, you know what, my child is old enough to handle firearms, so I'll give them, you know, I'll give them some leeway. So it's like it's like this. Your kid is a little child. You should lock them up. Or put them up high if they're a little, they're crawling. When they get to the point where they're walking, then we need to lock them. When you move forward past that, you need to make sure they don't have access to the locks. This is going to be up to the parents to make sure that we, don't, we make sure this does not happen. We already have laws on the books to prohibit a lot of this stuff. What more laws do we, are we going to come up with? There's, there's evil in the world. We've learned this way back to Cain and Abel. During that time frame, if a person really wants to do something, there's nothing that we can possibly come up with other than defending ourselves to stop that person. You can't, this is not like, what is that movie? There's a movie. Yeah, all we need to do is just find three albino women, put them in a pool, <laughs> let them see the future. And then they can choose the minority who report needs to be arrested. <laughs> That's what we're talking yeah. about. Red flag, red flag laws is nothing but the minority report. Just stick, you know, stick three people in a pool. I think two, two were women and one was a man. They got to be able to see the future, though. They can see the future. Yeah, they're special. And, and that's what we're talking about. The minority report. That's basically what we're saying here. You know, we really want to do that. You're, you're talking about predicting what someone's going to do in the future. And that is not possible. Unfortunately, we can't see that. You have to wait and you have to give everyone their due process. That is what this country was founded on. If something, someone does something, they do something wrong, then we bring them before the magistrate. You have reasonable cause and you remove them from society. Because there's nothing, there's nothing in the world that you can say or do that's going to predict you know, what that person is going to do. So... I, yeah, we have the red flag laws uh, that they're talking about bringing uh, bringing before the Texas legislature Tom, uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. at the Texas State Capitol. You better let your voice be heard, because if you do not, you're going to lose it. The thing that bothers me the most people, this bothers me the most. And that is the fact that there's a young lady who was fired, re removed from the re the Texas Republican Party. This young woman, I mean, is the strongest 
most conservative person that I know when it comes to the Second Amendment. She's always there. She's very loyal. And she was let go. That tells me that something's going to happen at the Texas legislature next year. And if you don't mark my words, you're going to lose some rights. Because I'm telling you now, when I heard that, when I heard that she was let go from the Republican Party and that this was the request of possibly, you know, as high as maybe the governor's office, I'm telling you right now, I went and buried my stuff in the middle of nowhere. I'm very concerned, and you should be too. As goes Texas, we'll go the rest of this country. If you don't believe that, look at Florida. Florida, I cannot say it enough. Florida actually competed with Georgia and Alabama with all the with just giving as much rights to the gun owners as they possibly could. And this year, we saw Georgia take the step, I mean, Florida take that step back. They imposed gun control laws. We're going to lose it. If you're not paying attention, you don't stand up and fight and take the offensive, not the defensive, you're going to lose your rights. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Kure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit Talk1370.com slash app. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking with... We're going to bring into the conversation Amanda Head, and she's the national spokesperson for Defend Trump. And, you know, there's a lot going on. There's immigration. There's uh, we're talking about bump stocks, concealed care reciprocity, the Hearing Protection Act. We need to go on the offensive and not the defensive when it comes to defending the Second Amendment. We need to go on the offensive with it. I think we need to initiate and push out. And, and say, you know what, this is what we want. This is what we're going to a- accomplish. This is what we, we want to get done and not defend ourselves. Go on the offensive a little bit. So let me bring into the conversation Amanda Head. Amanda, welcome to Come and Talk It. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're able to make it. I know you're at the airport and you're traveling, so we really appreciate you, you hanging in there with us. Yes, and I apologize for any background noise. I'm actually on my way to LAX to fly to the Middle East, so it's been a nutty day. Oh. But I appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, with all this talk about the immigration, you know, Amanda, I want you to listen to this little clip right here. All right, let's let's do let's do both. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. 
We have to send a clear message. Just because your child gets across the border, that doesn't mean the child gets to stay. Should they be sent back? They, well, first of all, we have to provide the best emergency care we can provide. We have children five and six years old who have come up from Central America. We need to do more to provide border security in so southern Mexico. They should be sent back now. Well, they should be sent back as soon as it can be determined who responsible adults and their families are, because there are concerns about whether all of them can be sent back. But I think all of them who can be should be reunited with their families. You know, I'm hearing uh, Bill Clinton. I'm hearing Hillary Clinton say the exact same thing that Donald Trump is saying today. You know, and what is this hypocrisy we're hearing, Amanda? Well, it, 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 you're you're uh, discounting the fact that there is a trend with all of this, uh, and it is that you know, I I always use this tip of the spear scenario. Um, there there is liberalism that is the shaft of an arrow, and that is the force that is driving progressivism in the United States. The tip of the spear is ever changing. The tip of the spear is what, you know, inflicts damage, but it's it's on a rotating basis. You know, sometimes it's immigration. You know, last month it was Stormy Daniels, the month before that it was Russia, Russia, Russia. Um, and there are all of these issues that um that percolate within the trend and the time that we're living. And you have heard all of these Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, like you just played, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, all of these people who in the past have talked about how we have to close up and fortify our borders and how we have to shore up illegal immigration and all of these things that that President Trump is saying now. But the difference is, you know, the last eight years prior to President Trump taking office in, on January 20th of 2017, the difference was is it was their guy in office and they didn't want. To, and I, I actually had a conversation with one of my dear friends a few days ago who he claims he's a liberal, but I think he's actually more moderate than he's willing to admit. But we were talking about the immigration situation, and I said, you know, you have a situation where they, they have talked about these things, about fixing these things in the past, but immigration and, and detaining children at the border, that was, you know, deport. President Obama was the deporter-in-chief. You know, these things were happening under Obama, but Democrats didn't talk about it, and therefore the press did not parrot it because they didn't want the fall to go on their guy. And they don't have their guy in office anymore. They have someone from the opposite side of the fence. So they are happy to bring light to the issue because now they've dumped it in, in Trump's lap and now he's got to handle it. Yeah, and, and President Obama actually deported more people than any president ever. And they're totally discounting that. And, I, and I'm just so confused by this. I'm just, you know, I'm just wondering what's with this hypocrisy? You know, why are we being so hard on, on President Trump and we didn't do the same thing with President Obama. I'm just totally well, confused. Well, hypocrisy is is the attitude of the day. I mean, you look at, you know, rap culture. Um, sorry, there's an ambulance going by, apparently. Um, but you look at rap culture, and you hear the words that rappers say in their songs. And, you know, the things that they talk about, the violence, the, the banging hoes, and uh, doing drugs, and alcohol, and all of these things. And yet, you know, you've got rappers out there condemning the president when he is trying to fix illegal immigration. One of the facets of illegal immigration, one of the main reasons we need to stop it is because of illegal drugs coming over the border. 
So, you know, it's there. there is a two-faced mentality that exists and is more prevalent today than there ever has been. And, you know, I would like to say that it's shocking when you see these blatant instances of, of hypocrisy, but it's just it's just kind of predictable now. Mm. And, and, and uh, Amanda, I, I want to the thing that that really messes me up the most is the fact that uh, Stormy Daniels says that she's going to go to the border now. I mean, everyone's going <laughs> yeah. to the border, all the different mayors. And I'm just curious, you know, what what exactly she's going to do? She's going to is she's going to put like 20 kids in her cavity or something? You know, really what's happening? Yeah. Stole that comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's got some. Uh, she's got some unique talents that she can offer, maybe just for entertainment down there at the border. <laughs> it's 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 amazing, and and we do want to ask you, um, you know, because I'm curious about the the Second Amendment, and is the president going to stand strong when it comes to defending the Second Amendment? You know, because we're worried about bump stocks. Uh, this is bump stocks is not really something that a lot of people knew about until the shooting in Las Vegas. And right. all of a sudden now people are concerned, you know, we should ban, you know, this tool that, or this type of way of shooting is all it is. It's a way of shooting. Yeah. And, 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 and go ahead. And and the bump stock became popular, and, and, you know, all of a sudden that became the target of the left. We've got to ban, ban bump stocks. So I went on Home Depot's website and if you ban bump stocks, not only can you manufacture them if you are one of the select few who has a 3D printer, but I went on Home Depot's website and compiled a list of all of the things that you would need to purchase to make one on your own. $27 is what it would cost to make one of your own. Mm. So this, this has been a theme of gun legislation. They, you know, you, you have people who act on emotions and look, every single political issue you can tie to emotion. Uh, the economy, of course, ties, uh, you know, there's a rabbit trail. You can go down economy. People are happier. Marriages are more stable. Families are more happy. People grow up to be more prosperous. Uh, you know, obviously, illegal immigration, social issues, all of those have emotional aspects to them. But you can't legislate based on emotion. Um, you know, oftentimes emotion is the impetus for creating legislation, but you can't create legislation using emotion alone. And the bump stock thing is something that was that. You know, people wanted to ban based on emotion. It had just been used in the Vegas shooting. People thought that if they banned it, that, you know, it, it would improve that situation. But it won't because people can make it at home. And the only way that you can truly um, not necessarily fix it, but alleviate the issue. Um, well, there are multiple ways, one of which, of course, the mental health aspect. Uh, and, and that goes into a whole nother conversation that would take probably another four hours. But. <laughs> You have to legislate based on, um, you know, background. And people don't talk about this, but the NRA is who is responsible for the national instant check system. They are the ones who push that legislation through. But that's another system that is not being used properly. And, um, you know, we, we have to be able to prevent guns from getting into the hands of people who are repeat offenders. They're felonies. They shouldn't have guns in the first place. Um, and people who have mental health issues. But then, you know, and as a as a 2A loving, gun loving woman, you know, I grew up in the South uh, in a very respons responsible gun owning household. My dad uh, and I started hunting together when I was very, very young. Um, but you you have to teach proper uh, gun behavior and, you know, the, the proper ways to handle guns and to lock up guns. But this is another thing. You see all of these shootings happening where, you know, parents just had guns lying around the house. And um, but then you talk about the black market and how people will, 
you know, we'll get guns via the black market. So even if you ban guns, um, you know, you're still going to have these issues. But going back to what I was originally saying, even as a 2A gun-loving person, the whole mental health issue scares me. Because where do you draw the line uh, on the mental health spectrum, uh, you know, between who who is just dealing with some, some you know, ADHD or autism or, uh, you know, slight depression that, that is not chronic for them, it's just something temporary, you know, where do you draw the line on that spectrum between who will be a responsible gun owner and who isn't? And that's frightening because then you start getting into a whole lot of government overreach, especially within the health industry, and that scares the bejesus out of me. Absolutely, because, you know, we're talking about red flag laws. We're talking about coming up with these, this new law that if you think the minority report, basically, if you think someone's right. going to commit a crime, you know, let's kick in the minority report. Let's have someone sit in the pool, you know, and, and predicting the future. You know, when we already have laws that are already on the books and when we're talking about the shooting in Florida and all these other shootings, there were signs there. There were signs that, you know, this person had something going on and someone should have done something, you know, in right. Florida. And not just not just familial signs, not just signs that his families and friends witnessed, but tangible notifications to law enforcement that this child or this young man needed to be carefully watched. So it wasn't just that, you know, they tell us when we see something, say something. Well, people saw something and they said something and nothing was done. Even though they had done wellness checks, they had been to this kid's house numerous times. He had been cited for various other minor crimes, and yet they just ignored it. And they ignored it on three different levels. The local police level, the local FBI office, and the federal FBI office. Three different branches. And you're going to tell me, if, if we can't get one of three law enforcement agencies to pay attention, that's a problem. And what new law are we going to come up with? Exactly. exactly. What new law is going to fix that? Yeah. We have, a, in Texas, we have Title Seven Subtitle C, Chapter 573, Emergency Detention. We don't need to come up with a new law. We have these already in place. We need people right. to do their job. You know, if you're a parent, if you're, you know, a family member, then do your job. If you notice that something is wrong with one of your your family members, if you're a law enforcement, we're just saying, hey, do your job. Defend the defenseless yeah, but you know and what? free the Parenting is hard. Parenting, you know, I'm, I'm not a parent yet, but I grew up in, you know, a two-parent household, two parents who paid attention um, to, you know, the activities of their children and, and I know that takes a lot of energy. It, it takes your life. It literally does. Like when you have children, that becomes your life. And I understand that it's hard and it's tiring and it's exhausting and you have to be aware all the time. But guess what? You had a kid. It's your responsibility and it's your obligation to the rest of society to parent that child in a, in a constructive way. Absolutely. You know, what a concept. Now, now, Amanda, I want to change gears a little bit and talk about uh, Concealed Care Reciprocity Act, you know, because this is something that Senator John Cornyn actually put forward. Um, and this is so that if you have a license in one state, your license will be recognized in every state, kind of like a driver's license. And I'm hoping that the president is going to, you know, maybe push this through because, like I said, we need to be on the offensive, not the defensive. I don't need to defend my Second Amendment, right? I need to be on the offensive. We need more. We need our government to do more to give the people the rights that they, that they deserve. Yeah, and, you know, the cross-state reciprocity, federal reciprocity, that, I mean, that is the, that's the dream here in California. Um, all of us conservatives here in California, that, I mean, I don't think it would ever happen because I think there are stipulations. Um, you know, California, L.A. County specifically, 
uh, as as a citizen, as a civilian, you can't even get a pistol permit. <laughs> um, you can only get it if you are law enforcement or you know some type of bodyguard, and you have to you know prove certain skills and background and all that kind of stuff. So I don't I don't know if it would even apply here because. This is obviously the most commie state in the country. Um, but that's the dream. And, and I would love that. I still have my pistol permit from Alabama, and, um, but I'm, I'm not able to carry here in California. I wish I could because, you know, doing what I do in such a hostile territory, it would be nice to be able to have an added layer of protection because I, I weigh 100 pounds. And that's the thing about the Second Amendment because it is the only equalizer between me and someone who is twice my size who is trying to rape me or mug me or kill me. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and we got to get you out of California. We need to get you to Texas <laughs> or back to the south uh, because we, we need it. you here. We don't need you in California because there's, there's nothing can be done for that place. We just need to let it go. I know it. I know. And people are <laughs> people are like, oh, let's turn California red. I'm like, y'all are dreaming. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Just let it go. <laughs> right. Just let it fall over. Just just fall off. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the Hearing Protection Act, that's another um a bill that we're we're trying to get passed so that we can use suppressors, silencers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and, and this is not something that we should have to beg the crown to do. You know, we actually have a Republican president. We have a Republican-controlled House, a Republican-controlled Senate. There's no reason why we shouldn't get the Concealed Care Reciprocity Bill Act passed. There's no reason why we can't get the Hearing Protection Act passed. You know, these are things that need to happen, and they need to happen this year because during midterm elections, we could lose the House or the Senate. We could. Yeah, these things have absolutely got to be pushed through. But, you know, the silencer, that's that's another thing that people talk about. They're like, oh, well, we should at least ban silencers. No. So I think that the I think from like a I don't know, let's say like a 270, the the decibel level of that is like 139, I think 139 decibels. And a silencer on a 270 brings it down to like 96 decibels. So silencer is very much a misnomer it's it's darn near impossible to silence when you have a controlled explosion inside a steel barrel i mean let's think logically here but that's another one of those those uh those branches of legislation that is based on emotion and not facts and logistics and statistics but you know i mean november is going to be interesting in January, I think Pew Research did a poll and Democrats were up 13 points. And then the beginning of June, uh, they were only up six points. So this whole blue wave that they were talking about looks like it's only going to end up being a blue ripple. Mm. Um, they definitely won't end up with a super majority. But, you know, a lot of these things, absolutely, you're right. They have to be uh, pushed through before November. But I'm I'm so sorry. We are on the way to the airport and I have to go. I'm so sorry to cut this interview short. No, no, no. You're fine. I totally understand because I know you're you're getting ready to go through security and all that good kind of stuff. And I appreciate you, you know, spending that time with us, uh, coming on the show. Um, and, and you're you're doing a lot of good things out there. You, you're having to defend, you know, and, and, and I want to talk to you about Sarah Huckabee because she was actually at a restaurant and she was asked to leave. You know. Oh, um, yes. And, yep. and that's just that's um, just uncalled for. It is, you know, and, and a friend of mine in San Diego a couple of weeks ago uh, was wearing a shirt that didn't even explicitly say Trump or anything on it, but he got kicked out of a restaurant. And uh, and then you hear about Kirsten Nielsen getting, you know, basically mobbed out of the Mexican restaurant and then Sarah Huckby over the, over the weekend. And it's like, you know, do we really want to be at a place uh, in history where you've got Republican restaurants and Democrat restaurants and 
you can't mix and mingle between the two. Like, is that really where we want to be right now? Mm. Because, you know, Democrats need to start standing up and say, this is this is not cool. Now, look, I, I am a huge proponent of free speech and the free market and the repercussions of uh, professional behavior within the free market. So as a business owner, someone is allowed to, in my opinion, refuse business to anyone they want. Um, same with the bakers in Washington and Oregon and Colorado and all of that. But, you know, at, at what point do we draw the line? And also at what point do these businesses start suffering repercussions? Because as a business owner, let's say, you know, it's, it's the fifties and you're knocking somebody off of your lunch counter because they're black. Mm. So if that happened today, can you imagine what the, what the capitalistic repercussions would be for a business like that? It, you know, they need to feel it in the free market. And I've always been a huge fan of boycotting and conservatives are great at a lot of things, but putting their wallet where their mouth is, is not one of them. Um, and people sacrifice convenience and entertainment, uh, for principles. And I have a running boycott list in my phone and there are certain businesses and certain, you know, people in Hollywood who I refuse to patronize. If there's a, if I, I suffer from migraines and sometimes I absolutely have to have caffeine to thwart a migraine from coming on and I have to have coffee or something. If a Starbucks is the only thing that's close to me, I'll wait. I'll take the migraine because I, I fully believe in, in punishing businesses with our money. And until we get to a place where, where we can convince conservatives that that's the most powerful, powerful form of speaking up for what you believe in then these things are going to keep happening. And that is Amanda Head. She's a national spokesperson for Defend Donald Trump. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. You have made the right choice. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so, you know, tomorrow we're supposed to go to the Texas State Capitol. And talk about the Second Amendment and talk about the red flag laws. And people need to, you need to read up on what the red flag laws are. And basically what they are, uh, when you're talking about red flags, you're talking about predicting pretty much what someone's going to do before they do it. We're talking about the minority report. You know, what are are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, that's basically what it is, except without any actual clairvoyance. So, I mean, if you, if so, if we're gonna we're gonna take someone's rights away, we need to go ahead and you know give them due process, prosecute them, convict them, put them in jail, and take their rights away. Because what's going to prevent that person? You say, okay, you know, you we think you're going to do something, so we're going to take your guns away. So what prevents that person from jumping into a car and going downtown Austin and just mowing down 200 people? Exactly. Nothing's going to prevent that. Nothing's going to stop that. So if you think that a person should lose their right, we should lock them up. Stop playing around. 
Yeah. There are more than more. There's so many ways to do something bad. They can and, drive a car through a crowd. They can make a bomb. Oh, and we've saw seen that in, 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 in Austin. We saw that yeah, in right Austin. Here. And here in Austin Right as here well. in Austin. And also Capitol Building's wide open, too. Someone can easily go in there with anything and do the same amount of damage. Man, this, this city does nothing when it comes to hazmat. Uh, they oh, let hazmat yeah. trucks drive straight through down I-35. That's the only city that allows that. The only major city major that allows city. their hazmat, hazardous material, to drive straight through New downtown. The capital of Texas. One of the largest states in the United States. So forth. Bunch of stuff like that. Like what? Oh, nuclear wep- uh, waste, drive chemical straight. weapon, it, or nuclear chem- chemical, it biological. Straight through downtown. Burn, basically, all the nastiness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It just straight through downtown. But also, what's stopping someone from hijacking one of those and doing damage with it in town as well? We do nothing. We do. We have no plan for it uh, at all. So I, I just, I'm, I'm just totally confused, you know. So we need to get serious about this. If you think someone's that bad that we need to take their rights away from them, let's go ahead and give them due process. You know, bring them before a judge. Let's go ahead and prosecute them. Let's go ahead and lock them up. Those are the steps do you need to take. things the right way, not the wrong way? Well, that's that's the right way. And quit pointing know. fingers at people what and you, crying. What do you think, Felicia? Oh, I agree. I think it's a big step over um, our Second Amendment rights and then our overall right to freedom. Uh, I was actually at an event on Thursday and got to hear um, Rachel Malone from Firearm Freedom, I believe, is Texas, the organization. Texas Firearms Freedom. Yeah, and so she gave a really great presentation talking about Greg Abbott's gun plan. And then Jerry Patterson also was there. And um, I mean, so what do you think? Uh, well, did they, the the consensus is: does the governor have a good plan? No. Why not? Because it it leans too hard on these um, on these red flag laws. I I would say that I have to agree with about fifty percent of it, but that doesn't look like that plan came from a Republican governor, and that's pretty much the consensus from most people who have read all. Yeah, and that's and that's, that's bad. You know, you, people. I'm. Oh my god, I I cannot say this enough. And I seriously, I I went in, I went out in the country and I buried some of my stuff. I'm telling you right now, because <laughs> uh, next year when this this Texas legislative session when they go into session, uh, we're gonna lose some rights. There are gonna be some things that are gonna happen, and you guys are not doing anything. You're not paying attention. You're just letting them do it. They're saying, "Well, you uh, should trust this governor. We this governor will never do." It. You know what? Yeah, they said that about Florida too. And yeah. look at Florida. Trust the government. Someone <laughs> told the Indians. How's that work? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that worked out good for the Indians. I do got a point though. <laughs> oh my is, god! I'm just calling it like I see it. Oh, that's true. I do got a point. The question is, is also as people and as a country, Texas going, which way are we going to go and lead? the country why are we sitting here going yeah we want our guns want our guns and you know we want to protect ourselves why not protect your neighbor to the left and the right what's stopping us from being defenders of the defenseless and you know and going out and freeing the enslaved what's taking why why aren't we all first responders in some form why don't we go get basic medical training so that way hey your neighbor elderly lady neighbor fell down maybe we could go provide basic first aid and actually start saving lives because I think the Second Amendment isn't all, it is just about defense. It's also providing a great superior offense. And to doing that, it's giving a new capability. Now, out of the entire world and the only Department of Defense that does any sort of thing like this and has full-blown access to whatever they want to go do things so that others may live is actually known as pararescue. 
And they're actually out of their training facility, one of their small parts of their course that makes you a pararescue is actually held at Lackland Air Force Base. So we got a we got our guys who are very specialized in doing all of this. You know what's what's why are we not looking at such a, a degree that someone has taken it? Why can't we look at someone who's already done and go, okay, what can we do for the common man? What can we take from there and and do that for everybody else? So I think we need to look at the entire country and our neighbors to get this truly resolved. And I need you guys to call in and tell me because Tom is saying, you know, what is Kentucky saying? I have no idea what you're talking about, Tom. You need to call me and tell me. Uh, our call-in number is 512-643-LIVE. That's 512-643-5483. You know, call me up and tell me what is Kentucky saying? I'm not sure what that means, so I, I need you to tell me what, what's going on in Kentucky. Um and then Donald, you know, call in and tell me, you know, tell me what you're talking about. Tell me what you're saying. I Donald didn't know. can't call in. He's being censored by Facebook. <laughs> He's being punished by Facebook. He's in Facebook jail. Poor Donald. I know. It's it's rough. I, I, I've been there, too. I got hit out of the middle of nowhere. All of a sudden, I woke up one morning and I could get on Facebook. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is a lot of power. I've never been banned from Facebook. Maybe I'm not doing something right. Yeah, I, I, I hit it for three days and all I did was share something that 2,000 other people shared. Nice it's because of something that I shared. I got hit for three days. Because you're black. Thanks. <laughs> you owe me soda. Oh, said from a blue eyed devil here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, care. Just, just That's how I call it how it is. You say no, it yourself. No. no, but call in and tell us, dude. It's 512 643 5483. That's the call in number. Uh, let me know what's going on in Kentucky because I'm, I'm not sure about what you're talking about. All right, so we, we're, we're talking about the Capitol. We're talking about tomorrow at 10 o'clock. It's going to be a house hearing. Um, and they're going to discuss red flag laws, and you need to let them know what your thoughts are. Be are you going to be live streaming? No, I'm not live streaming, no, because I always lose power like crazy in the Capitol. It, it'll last me 30 minutes and my battery's dead. I'll let you borrow my battery pack because I can't go. I work. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah. You're going to have to, a bunch of y'all are going to have to scream for two of us then because we're not <laughs> going to make it. We got too much other crap going I'm on. I'm afraid I may get kicked out. You know, I may lose control. Yeah, because of your hideous red shirt. That's yeah. why we need it you to live stream. It shows your inner anger at no. the Capitol building. No, no inner anger. You need to wear your blue one. Show that, blue you're, show, show that you're peaceful. So we just finished our Republican Party of Texas convention. How, uh -huh. How'd that go for you? How was your first one? Your first convention? My first convention was like six years ago. I thought this was your first one. No. No. We, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I thought this this year was great. Um, you barely showed up, so I thought it was your first one. Well, no, 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 no. It, it was not. We, we man, was it two years ago? Uh, we were there. Two years before that, we were there. We've given speeches, like, for the last three conventions. We've, like, done a press release. We talked about the, uh, you know, LCR, Law Cat Republicans. Mm -hmm. You know, so we've we've done this for quite a few years trying to you know get the same thing accomplished i think this year was actually a lot better than previous years because we we're able to get some things removed we were able to get some language changed and i i, I think that was great we we're able to uh change it up a little bit instead of trying to focus on the booth so much we were able to actually do a meet and greet you know and a mm -hmm. lot of people didn't see that coming they didn't even think about the meet and greet because they're they're playing checkers not chess so and the Republican Party paid for the room that we're in. So we didn't have to pay for the room at all. We were able to do that meet and greet. That's good. Jennifer wants us to remind everyone that Wednesday at 10 is a House hearing on violence in schools 
and uh, teachers being able to carry. And and ever since 1995, the school districts have had the authority to allow teachers to actually carry. And that's been under Penal Code Section 46.03, first paragraph, very last line, that the institution has the authority to give permission, which you shouldn't ask for, permission for teachers to, you know, for someone to carry, not just teachers. This is anyone to carry. So that's your schools, your preschool, elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, also your colleges and university. They've always had that authority since 1995 uh, to allow teachers to carry. So we didn't need to come up with any new laws. We didn't have to, you know, have a, a bill or something to give teachers that authority. It's already been there. It's been there since 1995. And so we just need to do it. We need to take this serious. At what point... Are you going to decide that we really need to take those steps to make sure we protect the babies? Because we have resource officers in high schools. Uh, we don't do much at all for middle, and we definitely don't do anything for elementary schools. So we need to protect the babies. Either we're going to add law enforcement officers to the schools, we're going to start securing the schools like we do the courthouse, uh, sporting events, and you know, racetracks and other venues. Why can we not protect our kids why can we not protect the babies? So your 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 elected officials are blowing smoke up your up your three pointed contact because they're not taking this serious at all. They can protect the babies if they really wanted to, either allow the te- teachers to carry, or we're gonna pump up security a little more. We're gonna use technology. We're gonna use swipe badges, be able to swipe in, swipe out, uh, metal detectors, whatever it is, you know, because we can secure the capital. We can secure sporting events. We can secure the racetracks. We can do, you know, ACL, South by Southwest. We can do all these little events. But you're telling me that we cannot protect the elementary schools, the middle schools, and high schools? Yeah, even David Hogg has armed guards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know. So Jennifer countered your little monologue there and says that's true uh-huh. but do you think austin isd is ever going to do that should it be a statewide thing and not a district thing yeah you're not going to mandate anything you're not going to make someone do anything so we need to you know we need to go ahead and, and allow them to do it it's it's and that's that's something you're gonna have to deal with with austin independent school district and austin independent school school district has their own individual police department so they can add more officers they're pulling me over on 35. I don't think they're targeting the right people. They pulled you over on 35? In my smart car. Do I look like a threat? No, you're kind of aggressive in that little vehicle, though. Yeah, you drive pretty crazy. <laughs> that was not the point of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> there are no students on I-35, so why are they pulling me over? Well, because they're law enforcement officers, and they can actually, you know, enforce the law, you know. You just look so young, So outside Felicia. of their jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They can. They're law enforcement. So yes, they can do that. I yeah. Okay, try I, I telling me it. why Cedar Park on 183 Toll was allowed to please everybody around when that's actually state trooper territory. Hey, hey, they they're. I law, saw they five are, of them on five officers. cars running radar traps, and they were all pulled over in a line one day. I suggest you go into your city council, and you inform your your mayor, your city that council wasn't my members, city, though. and let them know that this is happening and you disagree with it. Whatever. Anyways, take action. Quit sitting here on your phone giving rants. That's what's going to stop things. Take action. Move. Communicate. Shoot, move. Communicate. Okay. All right. Not Be a pro- aggressive. I, hey, I don't have a problem with it all. 
All right, that's but what I say. Let, all right, let's let, but let's focus on you know let's focus on what we need to you know make sure we remind people about, and that is tomorrow Monday at ten o'clock at the Capitol. What room? Oh, I don't know that we're gonna have to look up. Someone has to look that up for me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna read over what the Republican Party Texas uh, platform actually says. Plank 73 says that we oppose monitoring programs, including the red flag, that would deprive someone of their right to keep and bear arms without being convicted of a crime or found mentally incompetent by a medical psychiatric professional or eyewatch proposals and any program that causes gun owners to be investigated by law enforcement or appear before a judge when there is no reasonable cause of a crime committed. We oppose increased background checks as they are highly prone to false positives and hinder law-abiding citizens' ability to defend themselves rather than reduce crime. And that's something that people don't talk about enough, and that's the false positive. Do you know that ever since they passed this last bill back in, I think, March or February, that we've had more false positive in, positives in the gun store than we've, than we've ever had before? You know, I get regular customers that have come in that have been denied. And then, you know, all of a sudden, like three or four weeks later, they get all of a sudden they're denied and then gets approved. They get they get this false positive because they're confusing with someone else or something else is going on. I don't, I don't know what's happening, but there's something wrong with the system and, and we need to fix the system. The Next. system is the problem, not the people. Next. It's back assworts. Yeah, it, there, well, there's something wrong with it, and we need to we need to address that. Yeah, about that uh, meeting at the Capitol tomorrow, 10 a.m. Uh, criminal jurisprudence. That's e two dot o fourteen. E two dot o fourteen. E two dot o one four. So that's going to be on basement level two, room fourteen. Yeah, it's a small room. It's not a large room either. So that means that if enough people show up, they're going to have to have an overflow room. Uh, just go ahead and make sure you. I think that's the house. So since that's the house, you have to sign up on the kiosk. So make sure you get your name signed, get signed in, and get prepared. You know, for them to call you up and say what you have to say. You know, and I think you only get two or three minutes. Sometimes you do two minutes. Sometimes you do three minutes. All depends on how many people are signed up to speak. But just be prepared to, you know, say your piece. Don't be nervous and let them know, you know, what we want done. And we need to – we don't need to pass red flag laws. And I'm, I'm concerned about this. I, I've never been concerned about anything in Texas, you know, ever. And I'm really worried this year that, well, next year we're actually going to get some type of red flag laws. Something's going to happen because whenever I see one of the strongest people I know of, in the, the Texas Republican Party, the sh- actually get re- asked to step down from their position, you know, that actually concerns me, and I'm actually worried. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Welcome back to Come and Talking, and now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about red flag laws. We're talking about firearm storage. Uh, the state of Texas, the governor, is going to change. He's talking about changing some laws or changing how we do business here in Texas. Um, but the Texas Republican Party has said something a little different. The Republican Party said that we oppose mandates on personal firearm storage, maintaining that it is the responsibility of an individual to safely store his or her firearms and choose responsibly when and how to make them available to minors. So 
Are you going to go to the Capitol? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. No. Why not? A little late for that. What was late about it? Wasn't aware until just now. Now you know. Now I know. What's the problem? Allow you permission to to do you know to go to the Capitol. I'll do my best. You should. Yeah. All right. Because this is the problem. This is a problem, you know, with people, you know, getting to the Capitol and, and standing up. Because if you don't, then you're going to be the first person to complain and be upset when, you know, some new gun control measures come from the state of Texas. And as goes Texas, we'll go the rest of the country. After all, we're the third largest. All right. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, Alaska and then California and then Texas by size. That's why we're the third largest. By landmass. What you got? Go ahead. What are you thinking? I'm just not in a good mood today. I'm just in my own little world. Uh, you are. You're, What's you're, new? <laughs> What's going on? Just, let's up. talk about it. <laughs> let's, let's, let's come and talk it. We are coming and talking it <laughs> so what's no what's i'm frustrated because i can't go to the capitol tomorrow or wednesday because mm -hmm. i just took basically a week off for rpt convention right and then you're not live streaming uh-huh so no one's gonna tell me what's going on okay and then you'll end up getting kicked out at some point so i won't know what happens after <laughs> that <laughs> no i just wish that we had more flexibility to be involved in our political process mm -hmm. um Thankfully, I work at a company that's really great, but they're not going to give me a lot of time off to go and testify. Mm. So, And then hopefully you'll be able to do this uh, next year when session goes in because this is, you know, nothing's going to be done this year anyway. Right, yeah. So, but it, it is good to let them know, you know, what your thoughts are because we're going to do this all over again come January. Mm -hmm. But we need to stand and fight right now. And un unfortunately, we shouldn't have to defend. We shouldn't have to defend ourselves or, or defend our stance when we have a Republican governor, Republican House, or Republican Senate. Right. And what is really great is that you always have ways to communicate with your elected officials. So if you can't go to the Capitol, I know that I can, well, I think my state rep is actually a Democrat, so I probably won't waste my time calling her. But you can call um, other officials in the party that you have a good relationship with and talk to them and make sure that they are advocating for what the party stands for and and then our Second Amendment rights. Right. Well, you know, hopefully you'll maybe you can you know beg your boss, say, hey, can I get, you know, a couple hours to head over to the Capitol? Yeah. And, and my boss is really pro 2A. He's retired Marine Corps. He's a member down at the range. So, I mean, it wouldn't be completely out of line, but it's review period. And I want a bonus. So I'm trying to so just, play yeah. nice. And we're getting close to the tax season, too. Well, the end of the, well, the extension. Yeah, so extensions are due in October, and then we're in, we're like neck deep in property tax protests right now, right. trying to help our Austinites pay less tax to the People's Republic of Austin. <laughs> All right, and what about you? I'll have to check with my boss. You are your boss. <laughs> see, see, this, this, see, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put your feet to the fire, you know, because we always see the same faces at the Capitol, the same people. Are always there. The same people sign up. Hey, it's, you know, John Smith again. Welcome back. We saw you last year. We need some new faces. When they see new faces, they actually perk up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So they need to see your faces, people that they don't normally see, and let you know what your thoughts are. People think that we're in Texas and we're the majority. But if you just rely on everyone else to do your work for you, then they think that we're the minority because they see the same 50, 60 people all the time.
and you can come down on your lunch break. You can you can you can go down on your lunch break and log into the kiosk and speak, you know, either for or against or whatever. You know, and 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 let them know and and type it in and then go back and leave. So you need about a two to three minute speech. You, you can do it. You you, know, you don't need a two or three minute speech. You don't even have to speak if you don't want to. You can actually, you know, go go into the building. You can log in on your phone. Actually, it's really easy. Log in on your phone. Connect to the Wi-Fi in the building and say, you know, and just you know, speak in opposition of red flag laws. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, I'm in opposition of it. And then go back to work. It's just that easy. You don't even have to pay, you know, if you do it really quick, you'll, you'll get free parking if you're real fast about it. That's all it takes. You can do it on your phone. Sign in, log in on the Wi-Fi, you know, and, and you know the room number. You know the, the, the what's the, uh, the committee and the room number again? E, E2.014. All right, and what's the committee name? Criminal Jurisprudence? Criminal Jurisprudence. Yeah, so, and I think, I mean, who's on that committee? Isn't it, um, God, I remember last year. Uh, it's 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 it just totally escapes my mind, um, but yeah, we definitely need to. And, and, and I, I I am so worried. I'm re- I really am worried that this is going to be the year 2019 where Texas is going to take the step back. I'm really concerned about it, and I've never been worried ever about Texas. So the chair of the Criminal Jurisprudence Committee is Representative Moody. And the vice chair is Todd Hunter. And just so you know, Representative Moody actually sponsored a red flag bill last session. He actually brought a bill forward to impose red flag laws in Texas. And the Texas State Rifle Association, NRA, and myself, we testified, testified against his bill. You know, and so we got his bill killed. But yeah, just so you know, he did this. He is the chair. He's the chair of this committee. And he brought a bill last session to give, you know, to impose red flag logs in the state of Texas. Just so you know. So he's all about those red flag laws. Absolutely. Well, that makes sense why he's there. Yeah. And so and and so this is his bill. This is what he wants to get done. He wants to get passed. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna sit at home? Are you gonna wait until something happens and then you're gonna and then complain about it? Then it's too late. Then it's too late. Once they put these shackles on your ankles and your your wrists, then you're done. So what are you going to do? Now's the time. Felicia? Oh, I agree. I'm saving all of my my days off for testifying during ledge session. Montana, like the state? Yeah. It's kind of hard when you're the only production manager, though, at the same time, your primary job is to make drones that save lives overseas. Excuses. That's not an excuse. Saving lives is quite important. It's true, but you're you're going to be that person when they say, you know what? We're going to change the age limit. We're going to raise it to 22. Luckily, I'm 22. We're going to raise it at 23, 24. Okay, now you're just being mean. Hey. But you're never going to know unless you stand up and fight. I know. I got you covered on that one. Okay. It's all a chess game. It is. The question is how far do you plan it out? But you have to to show up to play chess. I know. If not, they're going to make a move for you. Now, if I make the move for them, (laughs) they move me. (laughs) You say that now. 
All right, so, man, I, I enjoyed Amanda Head. Um, and I'm looking at some of her tweets. Uh, she has this awesome tweet from back in uh, June 20th, a few days ago. And she, you know, she's talking about the uh, immigration. She said, you're telling me that being trafficked traffic across the border by mules didn't traumatize these kids, but being put in a warehouse with beds, blankets, three meals a day, and Xboxes does. Uh, she's got a point. And I, I do want to hear those clips again. I want to hear that clip from uh, Bill Clinton and also um, Hillary Clinton. So, you know, you can hear that what President Trump is saying is no different from what the Clintons said. It's really no different from what President Obama said when he was in office. They're both saying the same message when it comes to immigration. All of a sudden now Trump is saying it and people are having a, 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 a hissy fit. And I truly, you know, don't understand. So let's listen to the clip. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. We have to send a clear message. Just because your child gets across the border, that doesn't mean the child gets to stay. Should they be sent back? They, well, first of all, we have to provide the best emergency care we can provide. We have children five and six years old who have come up from Central America. We need to do more to provide border security in so southern Mexico. They should be sent back now. Well, they should be sent back as soon as it can be determined who responsible adults and their families are, because there are concerns about whether all of them can be sent back. But I think all of them who can be should be reunited with their families. And and so, you know, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, President Obama say the same thing that, you know, President Trump is saying when it comes to immigration. So immigration is a problem. Um, and there are people that, you know, think that we should have open borders. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You think we should have open borders? No. No? Negatory. Why not? Well, because there's very many reasons for it. We can even look at it historically. We came we came to America uh, or from Britain, you know, to start a new beginning, to get things, try to get things right anyways and set up a new thing. Then also we have those towns and settlements to protect us from all this other stuff and having other people come destroy that. I see it's just the same thing. It's another way of saying, hey, why are we going to allow all these people to come in here and start messing up our stuff that we're trying to get right? We were so sick and tired of this crap before. We even went out of our way to put a wall up to try to keep it out so we so we don't have to deal with that. But yet now we're letting it in. If we have open borders, we can let more of that crap back in. Same goes for Europe as well. They have the same border issue. All these Afri uh, from Africa, all these Africans in other countries south of Europe are invading, or I wouldn't say invading, <laughs> or the same is the same setup here. Why is the South in general trying to migrate north to all these better countries? Why haven't the South of the equator got their act together either? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
Thanks for making the right choice. I don't know where I would get the truth if it weren't for you. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. I know a place. Uh, I'm just going to go to my happy place. You know I can sing, huh? Ain't nobody worried. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ain't no smiling places. You know I can do that, huh? For those of you mm. wondering, it's worse in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what will you do? Tell me your thoughts. What will I do? Yeah, what will you do? What are your thoughts? About tomorrow morning? Tomorrow morning. Oh, well. Are I you going to go to the Capitol? I actually just got permission from my boss. So wow. Yourself, I can make it. Your, your <laughs> boss gave you permission to go to the Capitol. Yeah, so nice. I'm going to make that long walk from the W oh. to the Capitol. Must be nice. <laughs> it is. Not all of us live in the W. That's nice. <laughs> Tell Steve Hay for us. <laughs> oh, speaking speaking of the mayor, you know, I, I was driving around town, <laughs> town and I was looking at, you know, man, I was looking under the uh, the overpass on I uh, over by what is it, uh, Cameron Road and 183, and there's a you know a little makeshift homeless camp there, and I'm thinking, you know, the mayor goes all the way to El Paso, and he's so concerned about what's happening in El Paso. And that he just totally abandoned his city here. We have a lot of homeless here in Austin, and no one's taking care of them. You go and drive uh, past the arch. Have you driven past the arch lately? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Has anyone driven by there? I've seen it. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's real bad. I mean, you if you drive on 71, drive on 71, Ben White and Congress Avenue. And take a look. There's a homeless camp right on Ben White and 70, on 71 there in Congress. Just look. And, and people don't pay attention to it because they're off, you know, right underneath the, the bushes and the trees. And then they're right there at the overpass of Congress. And you, you just don't see it. But it's really bad. And east on Cesar Chavez from 35, right and, by the library. And Manshack. Mm-hmm. There's a new little camp that just popped up walking distance from my apartment. There's about five people with their little tents living over there. Yeah, it's, I mean, this year, it's really gotten bad this year. This, Ben White, you know, that area hasn't been like that. Manchak, uh, Manchaka, Manchaka, Manchak, 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 Man, Like, man, you need to Manchaka. write me a check. Manchaka. Manchak. Manchaka. Manchak. Depends on where you're from. Manchaka. You guys are all wrong. <laughs> wrong. I didn't say from a Texas. If I'm from Texas, it's man shack. I'm lumping you in with the other males. If I'm from Mexico, it's manchaca. <laughs> it's man shack. It's manchaca. It's manchaca, man. Manchaca. I'm done. Okay. So <laughs> we, we need to do something about these areas. We really do. Um, yeah. Because it's it's actually getting bad. It's getting, it's getting terrible. And I don't understand why our city council is going over to El Paso, you know, and, and and trying to worry about things they have no control over. You can't even get access to the facility, but you have a lot of power and a lot of control to do something about what's happening here in this city. We have so many homeless veterans. We have over 22 veterans that are committing suicide a day, and this city does nothing. The mayor does nothing. City council does nothing. 
And those are the things that are in your control. You have the power to fix those things. Take a look. Look at the overpasses when you're when you're driving down I-35. Take a look at 71. Take a look at 183. And you'll see what I'm seeing. And I've been asking the mayor, I've been asking the city council to do something, and they do nothing. Instead, they take a trip to, you know, El Paso and want to try to, you know, do things there. They, they, they have no control over. Are we paying for that? Apparently we are. Oh, man. And, and, and that bothers me. And that, yeah. Actually, that concerns me. Not that I'm not saying that what's happening in there is something that we shouldn't worry about. You know, something needs to be done about that. But you're taking a trip to El Paso. You can't even get in. That's a that's you're talking about a federal facility. You're not going to get in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're just doing it for the cameras. It's all city for officials. show. They need to be focusing on Austin. Right. But, you know, that's why we have all that, you know, mandated paid sick leave now. Man, it's it's man. It it's unreal. You know, and I'm, it, it's totally unreal. Just I, I take a look at, you know, 183. I looked at Cameron Road and I looked at all the trash that was there, the amount of people that were there. Um, and people are driving by, and it's just, it's really sad, and we really need to do something because people are suffering, and our mayor, our city council, they don't even care. They don't even care. And I, I doubt very seriously that the mayor has even seen that part of town. He hasn't seen that part of Austin because he goes from the W to the to city hall. That's all he does. He just walks from the W Hotel on the floor... What floor is he on? One of them. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, he's so, one of the top floors of the W Hotel, and then he goes over to the over to City Hall, and that's it. He doesn't, you know, really travel around this city and see, you know, the people that are suffering, and even take a look at, you know, maybe some of the things that he can do that, that change their life. We have senior citizens that are in this town that can't afford to pay their property taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, and at some point. Something needs to be done. You know, you, you, this person is 70, 80 years old, and they're living to pay their property taxes. Their house is never paid for. You know, we're, we're, and, and, and God forbid they don't pay it, they'll get kicked out. There's actually a really cool event going on tomorrow downtown. It's called Austin Affordability, the Prospects and Politics of a More Affordable City. And that's being put on by the Texas Public Policy Foundation. And what is that again? Say it again. Austin Affordability, the prospects and politics of a more affordable city being put on by the Texas Public Policy Foundation downtown at 901 Congress Avenue. Mm. And it's free. All you have to do is register online. It's on. It should be on their website, their Twitter, and it's on their Facebook as well. Yeah, and rumor, and rumor has it they're, they're can, they canceled code next meetings and stuff like that so they can go to El Paso. Mm-hmm. You know, we have things that... That are very important here in Austin that are getting postponed and canceled so these people can take a trip to El Paso to stand outside the gate just for the media and do nothing. You have no control over that. There's nothing you can do, and you're just doing it for the cameras because the Democratic Party is having their convention this weekend. Is that what those tax dollars are going to? That's what it's all for. Did you hear about the obituary the Republican Party of Texas wrote for the Democrats? No. And had it in the paper and all? Dallas during no. their convention. No, you're going to pull it up for me? Sure. I know the, the RPT was trolling a little bit. Yeah, they had some signs that said... Um, they had a Hearst drive-by. 
Oh, yeah, they had a hearse, and that's what the obituary was linked to. And then um, the signs that said this is a gun-free, safe place. Mm. Yeah, you'd have to pull it up and see. Uh, I'm curious what it actually said. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> I don't have good service in here, so it's kind of slow. Okay, it's in the Dallas News if you want to read the whole article, but I'm pulling up the obituary right now. It says, Texas Democratic Party, 1846 to 2018. After years of suffering, the Texas Democratic Party passed away peacefully and without notice. (laughs) The party has been in failing health for a number of years. Following Reconstruction, the party dominated Texas politics for more than a century. After so much success in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the party began to see its health fail during the 1980s and have not elected a statewide candidate since 1994. And it goes on to say how they've struggled to remain relevant, but had at times shown hopes of recovery. However, the last few years, these hopes have been repeatedly dashed by their inability to connect with voters and deliver a coherent message. (laughs) Um, This year, despite predictions of a Democrat wave sweeping the nation following the election of Donald Trump, the Texas Democrat Party struggled struggled to find a candidate to run for governor. The party began to hemorrhage following news reports that their gubernatorial nominee owed thousands in delinquent property taxes. The Texas Democratic Party enjoyed whining, fighting for such causes as late-term abortions, job-destroying regulations, and higher taxes for Texas families. The Texas Democrat Party was preceded by other failed parties such as the Whigs, the Federalists, the Bull Moose Party, and their sister party, the Dixiecrats. The party will be remembered, although not fondly, by those Texans who continue uphold uphold the values that make Texas the greatest state in the nation. And then instead of flowers, send contributions to Dallas County Tax Assessor <laughs> <laughs> for their candidates' past due taxes. Mm. Well, hopefully we can take some of that and just remember that and make sure. Sh- make sure we don't pass any of these red flag laws, we don't pass any firearm storage laws, because we actually already have laws in the books that actually need to be enforced. Take a look at some of the laws that we actually have. You know, Take some time, take a class, and listen to what the different laws we have when it comes to um, either concealed carry or handguns or firearms and all that stuff. And so that way you'll know what has taken place in this state you know, since like the 1800s. There are laws that we've had in place since the 1800s. There's new laws that we've had in place since 1995. There's some more stuff that we actually, you know, that were actually passed in 2001, 2015. And so, you know, take a look at some of that stuff. Also, in July, I want to tell you this. In July, we're finally going to go to court against the city of Austin. So on, in July, I'm not going to tell you what date it is, but in July, we're taking the city of, city of Austin to court. And so we're going to get our day in court to find out whether or not it's going to be the first case that actually goes forward um, about the 30.06 and 30.07 signs with the cities and municipalities with keeping license holders from being able to carry. What's their fine at now? Like $20 million? Well, it's $1,000 to $1,500 for the first day, $10,000 to $10,500 every subsequent day after that. And so this first complaint was actually filed in 2015. So we'll see what happens. Um, And so you'll know when I know. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.